Welcome to Holistically Hope with Rachel Pontillo. I'm Rachel Pontillo, and today my guest is board-certified plastic surgeon, Dr. Anthony Yoon. Dr. Yoon has been on multiple TV shows. You may have seen him on Dr. Oz, on The Rachel Ray Show, as well as on The Doctors, and he has a brand new book that just came out called The Age Fix. And the reason why I wanted to interview a plastic surgeon, you might be wondering why someone who has a show called Holistically Hope might be interviewing a plastic surgeon. The reason why is because Dr. Yoon is the rare plastic surgeon who does everything he can to keep his patients out of the operating room. Kind of refreshing, right? He spent the last 16 years researching the secrets of plastic surgeons, dermatologists, makeup artists, and dietitians, and he knows what works, what doesn't, and what's overpriced and unnecessary. Now he's compiled solutions to every cosmetic aging problem in this definitive anti-aging Bible. I am very grateful that Dr. Yoon is with us here to talk more about the book, as well as why he thinks a holistic approach is a viable and necessary approach to skin health. I give you Dr. Anthony Yoon. Hi everyone, I wanna welcome you to the show today and I'm so happy to have Dr. Anthony Yoon with me today. Thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Yoon. Hey, thanks for having me on, Rachel. My pleasure. So we are here today to celebrate the launch of your brand new book, The Age Fix. Everybody can see here. <laughs> and. The reason I really wanted to interview you is because when I first found out about your book, I was a little bit perplexed, as I'm sure other people might be, as to why a plastic surgeon is writing a book about how not to have plastic surgery or steps you can take to avoid plastic surgery. So um, I think it's really exciting and the book is fantastic. You, you offer not only dietary tips and lifestyle tips, but also some great beauty tips. Yeah, and I'm glad that you like it because you know I know you like to go into kind of the holistic and you know using products that are completely natural and I think you know yes I'm a plastic surgeon yes I do surgery um, for a living um, but I do strongly believe that surgery should be the last resort the last option if somebody wants to look younger because frankly surgery can be dangerous and as a physician you know I always try to look at myself is that I'm a physician first and I always have to look out for the well-being of my patients first and sometimes if we can get people, you know, in general, if we can get people happy with their appearance, if we can get people um, feeling good about themselves and not subject them to riskful, painful procedures, obviously that's the way to go. And so I feel very strongly about that. Now, some of my colleagues may not agree with me. There may be some people who don't like the message that I'm sending out who are in my field. But once again, I feel strongly about that and with all my patients. So I wrote the book because I thought, you know, I spent the last 16, 17 years learning about plastic surgery, but also learning about dermatology, about nutrition, even about makeup. And I thought, you know, it's about time that a plastic surgeon came forward and said, okay, this is how you can look 10 years younger, but without having surgery. You know, this is how you can, what you can eat, you know, what you can put in your mouth, what you can feed yourself to look younger. This is what you should put on your skin to look younger. And what I also tried to do is think about every single aging and beauty problem that I could really come up with and that I've had people complain about and dislike and try to give a solution for every single one of those and ideally a non-surgical solution. I think you've done that really well and um, 
Thank you. Yeah. And, and it's really refreshing to hear you say that because I think, um, you know, in medicine today, there's so much distraction and there's so much noise and there's a lot just going on with the healthcare system as it is today. So to hear a plastic surgeon say, you know, first and foremost, care for the patient and use surgery as the last effort, that to me really is, you know, I mean, not only the foundation of medicine as it begun, you know, with Hippocrates, with, you know, first do no harm, but any holistic or integrative mindset would not discount medical procedures, but they always say that should be the last resort. Try everything else that you can that's natural, that you can add to your diet and your lifestyle first, and Mm -hmm. then make that decision if it comes to that. So, Because, you know, I mean, I tell you, Rachel, I mean, I see so many people, they'll come in and they'll say, I've got $10,000 in my pocket. I want a facelift. Mm. And I look at their medical information and they smoke. You know, they're, you know, grossly overweight. You know, their skin looks terrible. They get a horrible sun damage. And they, feel, they think that surgery is the answer. Oh, if I just pay this money, if I go under the knife, then I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to look 10, 20 years younger and that's all I need to do. When in reality, you can get much better changes most of the time by eating the right foods, you know, so by decreasing the amount of sugar that you eat. All the refined sugars that are in the American diet are just mm. so unhealthy. And people think, oh, well, I don't have diabetes, so sure, it should be fine if I eat this Snickers bar or these M&Ms or, you know, all this white bread. And, and what we're finding more and more is that the research is showing us that <clears throat> eating these sugars and getting these sugar um, spikes that then correlate with insulin spikes will increase inflammation and that inflammation can therefore be chronic and it damages our skin. Absolutely. And plus there's a whole glycation process where these sugar molecules will bind to the collagen and the elastin fibers in our skin and cause that collagen elastin. These are the building blocks of our skin to actually get frayed and damaged and it will actually damage our skin directly that way. So, you know, really talking to patients about how diet can really make a huge difference in how they age, I think is extremely, extremely uh, important. And a great message I think that you're sending out, that I'm sending out, and so many others, uh, physicians now are trying to educate people that it's, it's more than just, hey, get a spritz of Botox, go get your facelift. No, it really is analyzing your lifestyle. Absolutely. I, it's, it's, again, refreshing to hear you say that. So let's get back to the book. How do you feel readers can most benefit from reading The Age Fix? Well, I think, you know, what I try to do with The Age Fix is start off by giving The Age Fix diet, okay? So first step, like we talked about, what to eat. And so there are certain things I call The Age Fixers and certain things I call The Age Wreckers. Mm -hmm. So The Age Wreckers in general, we talked about sugar, Sugar. saturated and trans fats. A lot of the bad fats that we're eating those also can really damage your skin because they're pro-inflammatory. Um, and then salt, you know, we, we eat so much salt in the American diet and that causes our body to retain water and so we get puffiness of the eyes. I mean, one of the most common complaints I get from people as they get older is, my eyes are real puffy. Well, and I ask them, you know, is it worse after certain meals? They say, yeah, if I go get Chinese food, it gets worse. It's like, okay, you know, so salt is another one. but also trying to add in those good foods and and to make it very simple you know obviously the book has a lot more information 
um, a lot more specific, but in general, the healthier the diet, the more fresh foods and vegetables, fruits and vegetables that you eat, the better your skin is going to look. And it's because of the antioxidants, it's because of the um, uh, monounsaturated and, and polyunsaturated fatty acids, um, and, and really hitting that good diet, that's always the first step. So number one thing, you know, eating the right diet, the age-fix approved diet, so foods that are going to turn back the clock. The second, the second part of the book uh, that is part of that kind of 10 years, do this and look 10 years younger, is getting on the right skincare routine. And I know that that's a um, big passion of yours. Definitely. I tried to simplify it because as you and I know, anybody can walk into Sephora or Nordstrom and be inundated with all of these creams. And geez, what should I use? Everybody says this one's the best, that one's the best. There are ones in the drugstore that are so much less expensive. So what I tried to do is really distill it down. Then in my opinion, if, if you want to look younger, if you do three things every morning and every evening, you cleanse, you treat, and you protect your skin, you do those three things and you're going to be way ahead of everybody else. And you don't have to spend hundreds of dollars buying really expensive high-end creams. There are certain ingredients that you should look for that are scientifically proven uh, to work. Uh, and on top of that, though, there are also ingredients that they may be touting that well, may not quite have the science to back them up. It's so true. I mean, we find that both in synthetic ingredients and natural ingredients. And I go to a lot of the trade shows that we have some of the more ingredient savvy people speaking about. And some of the biggest buzzwords, whether it's plant stem cells, probiotics in skin care, it turns out that, you know, what they're communicating in the marketing doesn't quite match up to what it actually does on a, on the skin. But also, just because something sounds like it's a great idea to put into a product, after it's been in that bottle for a while, it doesn't mean that it's still intact. So um, it's important for people to understand that you got to you got to go deeper than the marketing, and you got to understand, okay, why why am I buying this? product? Is it for a claim? Is it for this ingredient? What is it that I'm trying to get out of this? And then, you know, do some research, ask some questions and find out if it's actually going to give you that benefit that you're seeking. Well, and the FDA does not regulate claims on cosmetics. Correct. And so just like you said, you know, there are cosmetics that can say, oh, well, we've got these great plant stem cells and this is the newest thing. Well, really, what are these? And where is the proof that this can actually make your skin look younger. So one of the things that I recommend in the book, very, very simple, you know, that when you look at the actual science behind it, and if you're looking at creams or uh, ingredients that are put in anti-aging creams, the vast majority of dermatologists and plastic surgeons would say a retinol or tretinoin cream, a vitamin A cream, is the most scientifically proven. So you always want to start with that in general. However, not everybody can tolerate that on their skin. Sure. Because it can be quite aggressive. So if you can't, then my next step I usually recommend are growth factors. You know, growth factors, there is some science to, to support is. growth factors, yeah. but they're also can be a bit controversial. And, and where are those growth factors coming from? Where are they from? come from? Is yeah. That, <laughs> is that an issue that you may have. Um, peptides are huge as well. And that's, you know, growth factors are so expensive. If you can get a real quote unquote growth factor cream, you know, that, that starts, they'll start at like $150. Easily. And is it worth that much money? So a lot of the companies that you know now, it's, it's a lot of peptides and the various types of peptides. And you know, those three groups of the retinol, growth factor, and peptides, the peptides, in my opinion, are probably the least uh, rigorously scientifically studied. 
but they're also least expensive. You know, so it's, I think it's letting consumers know, you know, that yes, you could get a retinol-based cream that, that is made um, from a mass retailer in a drugstore, and that may actually be more potent and better for your skin anti-aging-wise than a fancy growth factor-based cream that you can buy for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. It's true, and, um, and again, with the growth factors, they're not the most stable of ingredients either, so they don't have as long of a, shel of a shelf life, and they're more likely to, um, to, to degrade so that if you're keeping that product in your medicine cabinet and you're not using it up right away, if you wait even a few months, it's, it's not going to have that potent effect as you would have wanted. And I just got to throw in a little natural tip about the retinoids. There are a lot of natural botanical extracts and oils that have high amounts of carotenoid antioxidants. Your beta carotene, which is your natural precursor to vitamin A, which yeah. if it's in the right oil that your skin can absorb, that's something that can give you a similar effect too. Mm -hmm. And I give one um, example too is an apricot face mask, because yeah. apricot also vitamin apricot, A. So. Apricot kernel oil is fantastic. Yeah, so I mean, I think that there are a lot of there are a lot of things I think that plastic surgeons we don't know um, that that holistic practitioners do about how to achieve results without putting chemicals on your skin, without burning your skin, without having surgery, and and so that was what I really have spent years really trying to learn as much as I can about uh, so that I could hopefully share that with the general public and and. You know, having an MD, being a board-certified plastic surgeon, being members of all these societies, hopefully it allows me the credibility to be able to share things where maybe other doctors may, may look at, well, oh, this is from a non-surgeon. We're not going to pay attention to it. No, I mean, I've got all the credentials, so you've got to read this. I mean, you've got to learn <laughs> about this because if, you're, if you don't, you're missing out. And, you know, to that point how, you know, you were saying surgeons have a lot to learn from holistic people. I really feel holistic people do have a lot to learn from the medical community, though, you know, so, some of the more purist ones might not want to admit that. But there, there is so much that goes into healthy skin that does happen kind of at that scientific cellular level. And it doesn't mean we have to practice in that clinical sense, but to have enough openness to, you know, accept that, okay, you know, we might need more information here. So I think it's really important for doctors like you and practitioners like me to work together and do, you know, collaborative efforts like this so that we can get the awareness out there just about the importance of this fully integrative approach to skin health. Mm -hmm. So um, I appreciate, I appreciate what you said in that regard as well. So, all right. You talked about the, the certain ingredients and the three steps, the cleanse, treat, and protect. I'm totally down with the cleanse, treat, protect for day and night. What do you recommend for people who um, really have a super minimalist approach to skincare who maybe that, the three steps might even be too much for them? Yeah, so I mean, there are certain things that you have to do. Mm. Um, you always have to cleanse your skin at night. Okay, oh, yeah. so the, one of the worst things you can do, especially if you're female and you wear makeup during the day, is to go to bed with your makeup on without having washed your face. So our face and our skin does rejuvenate itself at night and it needs to breathe. It needs to get that oxygen. It needs to rest. And if it's clogged with the day's debris, the pollution and all the makeup, then you're going to suffer for it. So number one, you know, even if you don't wash your face in the morning, you got to wash it at night. Number two, I encourage all my patients to wear a sunscreen on their face every morning. Okay. 
Um, there are sunscreens that are very, very light that you wear it under your makeup. Um, every morning, try to use at least an SPF of 30 to really kind of block those sun's rays out because even on cloudy days, enough sun of this uh, UV radiation can get through the clouds 60 to 7% even on cloudy days that it can cause not only uh, aging and wrinkles, but it can cause the potential risk of skin cancers down the line. So wash your face at night, apply a sunscreen in the morning. Ideally, if you can apply an antioxidant type of cream in the morning, that would be ideal as well. Uh, the most famous of antioxidants is vitamin C, okay? Mm -hmm. And what antioxidants do is they fight free radical damage. So free radicals are basically uh, damaging um, uh, molecules uh, that can come from all different parts, either from our body, from natural processes, but they can also come from the environment. So all day our skin is getting attacked by free radicals from pollution, from UV radiation, even from the foods that we eat. So applying an antioxidant cream on your face in the morning can really help to fight that. The next thing that I would recommend is to exfoliate your skin two to three times per week. Okay, so I'm not asking for a lot. Two to three times a week. There are a lot of ways to exfoliate. You can make your own uh, exfoliating scrub at home. Um, I have some recipes in the book using mm -hmm. uh, baking soda. Um, you can buy an exfoliating scrub at the drugstore. Those usually aren't too expensive. Some people will use a Clarisonic device. Uh, that can help exfoliate your skin. Uh, other people will do chemical peels. There are home chemical peels, or you can do them uh, in a med spa or doctor's office. So you want to exfoliate a couple of times a week. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, if you have sensitive skin, you may only want to exfoliate once a week, though, because the more sensitive your skin is, uh, the more you may get a, a bad reaction, uh, redness, irritation, that type of thing. And then the final thing is that ideally every night you want to use some type of anti-aging cream. So all these things that we've talked about so far, cleansing your skin, sunscreen, antioxidant, exfoliation, none of them are actually going to make your skin younger, okay? They'll all prevent aging. They may freshen your skin up and get the cellular turnover process going, but they're not actually going to make your skin younger. And that's where some type of an anti-aging cream, I do believe, in, you know, once you're really 20 and older, is very, very helpful. Once again, the one that I usually recommend is a Retin-A product or Retinol product. I do believe that that's most scientifically proven, but some people can't tolerate it, in which case using something like a growth factor or a peptide, just something that we know is going to really help to turn back the clock. So you do those things, okay? And, and it may sound like a lot, but when you consider it, you got to wash your face at night. Try to apply a sunscreen in the morning, exfoliate a couple of times a week, apply an antioxidant in the morning before your sunscreen, and then at night to apply an anti-aging cream. That's good advice. Now, your book is mainly about non-surgical treatments and obviously the other tips that we've talked about, but at what point does it get to the reality that if you want a certain result, the only answer is surgery? Yeah, so there are certain issues that, that non-surgical treatments won't, won't help. Um, interestingly enough, if you uh, look at the statistics, statistics given by realself.com, by our societies, the number of plastic surgery, actual surgery, is staying pretty consistent. You know, we, we're under this delusion that more and more people are getting operated on like crazy every year, that it's just skyrocketing of all these surgeries. Actually, no. What's really popular are these non-surgical treatments, treatments like Botox, like filler injections, like laser treatments, radiofrequency treatments. These non-surgical treatments are the ones that are really exploding, but surgery is staying 
pretty consistent. And I think the reason for that is because there are certain things that no matter what you apply to your skin, no matter what you eat, no matter what laser you, you, you zap your skin with, or no matter what you inject into your face, it's not going to treat it. And there are certain things that you have to have surgery if you really, really are, you know, need to treat that. So one thing that I mentioned in the book is excess skin of the upper eyelids. Mm. You know, so I see a lot of people as they get older, 70s and their 80s, they have so much skin in their upper eyelids that it literally hangs down and they can't see very well. Right. They're driving and they don't see the uh, traffic lights above them because the skin's overhanging. It's almost like a window shade coming down. Well, it doesn't matter what you apply to your skin. There's nothing that's going to be able to treat that. And that's something that really necessitates a surgical treatment. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing that, that really we only have a surgical treatment for right now, but I'm hoping someday this changes, is women who have multiple children, people who lose lots of weight when they develop a lot of extra skin of their tummy and the skin just hangs, it can be a huge impediment for people, whether it's, whether it's their self-esteem, their self-image of kind of fitting into their clothing. Sometimes it's such an impediment that people can't exercise. I had a, a real nice uh, woman who came to see me. She didn't lose a ton of weight, maybe 45 pounds, but her skin, the, and she'd had one, one or two kids before, but she had so much skin of her tummy that it literally hung down to her knees. Oh my goodness. And she said, Dr. Yoon, I'm trying to lose weight, but when I try to jog on the treadmill, this skin is just flapping and, and it's just so bothersome. Yes, that necessitates surgery. Um, but there are so many other things that we can do now that are non-surgical that in the past um, all we did was operate on. One good example of that are wrinkles of the forehead. Mm. So one of the surgeries that has really, really declined in popularity is the brow lift mm -hmm. or the forehead lift. And that's basically lifting up the eyebrows in people where the eyebrows have gotten real droopy. So as we get older, it's, it's very common that our eyebrows can droop. It can make us look grumpy. Um, it can make us look tired. Uh, it can give us an expression that maybe isn't true to how we really are feeling. And so there was there is this surgery called the open brow lift, and it's a surgery where literally the surgeon makes a cut from ear to ear, believe it or not, peels the skin of the forehead off, pulls it up, and removes an entire strip of scalp, staples the whole thing shut. Oh, good Lord. It is a gruesome operation, still done by a lot of doctors. Oh, my goodness. That operation has since, <coughs> excuse me, been substituted by most docs like myself for an endoscopic surgery, meaning that we use tiny little incisions and fiber optic cameras to do it instead. Wow. But even that surgery has really declined because of so many people getting Botox and those types of treatments because those now are getting people, getting rid of the wrinkles or lifting the brows and, and, and people are substituting it for that. There are laser treatments and ultrasound treatments that can tighten up skin of the neck that previously people would have facelifts for. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that's really interesting that's on the horizon right now, and it's in the FDA pipeline, is a cream that you apply on the skin under your eyes to supposedly permanently melt the fat underneath. Really? So for people who've got real puffy lower eyelids, right now our only real good option that's permanent is surgery. Um, there is technology is helping us in those ways to hopefully avoid some of these painful invasive operations well I think you know when, when we when you and I talked initially and we were talking about this what I think we both agreed on is that whether or not someone chooses to get a surgery or even get a procedure like Botox 
it's just important that their expectations are realistic, that they're still going to be the same person as they were before they had it after. Mm -hmm. So that's where just helping that person really get stronger and more confident on their own is so important. And diet does have a lot to do with that. Diet affects our mood very significantly, but just really kind of talking to that person and getting them clear on what their goals are and what their expectations are, I know is something that um, is really important to you as a physician. Yeah. And I mean, I, that's, that's one of the things, um, you know, that we aren't as good at as we should be sometimes. Um, because I do see a lot of people who are having issues, you know, and they believe sometimes that, oh, if I have this operation or if I, you know, if I have this operation, it's going to change my life and I'm going to be happy mm -hmm. or I'm going to have this surgery or I'm going to have these treatments and my husband's going to love me more, yeah. you know, or if I do this, I'm going to get that job that I want or I'm going to get that promotion. And, and it's, I think it's definitely important for people to know that none of these things are going to actually make you happy. You know, that, that that comes from inside. There's so many other factors involved with it. So I do try to talk to my patients to try to ascertain what are, you know, what are they, what are they going to get out of this? You know, wh why are they having, why are they looking to have, whether it's an invasive or non-invasive procedure done? Um, and is that really going to fulfill what their goals are? And I tell you, I turn down, at least for surgery, at least one out of every five people who come to see me because there are unrealistic expectations. You know, there are people who come in and, and they, they think that this is going to change their life when really the issues in their lives have nothing to do with, with what they're coming in to talk to me about. So I do think that, yeah, looking at it kind of from a holistic approach, from a whole body approach and from a whole health approach is very, very important. Definitely. Well, I am really happy that you wrote this book, and I'm really happy that you took the time to come and talk to me today. So everybody go out and get The Age Fix. I have some links to talk about. Um, you have some free gifts that you're giving away for anyone who purchases the book by Monday, April 11th. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so if you purchase one book, we've got, I think it's four free gifts. Now, there's a book that I wrote called The Age Fix Bonus Book. What I did was I actually emailed my list of followers and I said, if, if you could have one question answered uh, in this book, what would that be? And I had so many responses that I'd actually finished writing the age fix. I had so much more that I wanted to add wow. uh, based off that, that I wrote this extra bonus book. So it's kind of got all the newest um, kind of treatments. It's got uh, a number of do-it-yourself at-home treatments that you can do, as well as a number of inexpensive uh, creams and, and um, potions that you can buy at the drugstore or online that, that can also help you to look 10 years younger. So that's part of it. Um, we've also got a number of other little videos. Um, one of them, the secret your plastic surgeon doesn't, don't want you to know. Okay. <laughs> so that's one. Uh, four steps that everybody should do to look younger, um, as well as a number of other documents too. It's all free gifts if you order the book during the first week it's on sale. Fantastic. And we're going to put the link where you can get that, uh, where you can get that package of free bonuses in the show notes. So, um, well, I want to thank you again for taking the time to talk to me and we should stay in touch and good luck with the book. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you.
Thanks again to Dr. Anthony Yoon for joining us today, and thank you so much for watching and listening. To pick up your copy of The Age Fix, as well as get up to nine free gifts if you order your copy by April 11th, head on over to dryoon.com. That's D-R-Y-O-U-N.com today. Hey, did you like this interview? If so, come on over to the blog at holisticallyhote.com and leave me a comment. Make sure you subscribe to my iTunes channel, subscribe to my YouTube channel, and please share it with your friends. I'll be back soon with another interview and I wish you a beautiful day.